2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's
1: time for kickoff. Kickoff. Versus the Enzo. Touchdown. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, it's big boy school now. It's not just wild card weekend, Boomer. It is super
3: Wild Card Weekend. How are you? I am great, man, and I am I'm jacked up for this weekend. Last year, that this new idea and this new concept of Super Wild Card Weekend was great for all of us, all of us that love football, that actually watch football. I think last year we had three of these games on CBS, so it was a lot of work and it was a long weekend for us. This weekend, only one game on CBS, and that's Miami at Buffalo, 1 o'clock on Sunday. But
1: nonetheless, this was a brilliant move by the NFL. We got So here's how we're going to structure it. We're going to do most of the playoff stuff in Segment 2 and Segment 3. We've got league issues. This is the ultimate grab bag. So let's get into the rundown right now.
2: This is
3: the NFL Rundown.
1: All right, so I want to start out. This is near and dear to Boomer's heart. I just have to bring up Patrick Mahomes. He finished the season with 5,614 total offensive yards. He broke Drew Brees' record that was set in 2011. An unbelievable season, considering Tyreek Hill is gone. Here was the question I asked. Could Patrick Mahomes take every team in the league to the playoffs as is?
3: Is he that good? I would say at least 28 of the 32 teams <laughs> he could take to the playoffs. That's how good he is. And, That's wild. You know, he's just such a uh, phenomenal football player. The The field is a playground for him. He is unquestioned the 100% NFL MVP. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I know there was talk about Jalen Hurts, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season. He had a great season himself. He led his team to the number one seed. But there we've never seen a player that had the total package like Patrick Mahomes has had. And when you think about his success from when he finally took over for Alex Smith to where they are now, it's been
1: nothing but brilliance. So, And I don't see that ending anytime soon. Let me ask you a question. Maybe this is dumb. Do you think losing Hill made him a better quarterback
3: you know there's less uh backyard plays. I mean there's still some don't get me wrong and he still will will take off with it uh from now and again and you know they're trying to get Kadarius Tony McCall Hardman to fill that role that speed role that Tyree Kill was for him but I think you know he's getting older he's refined himself as a a true NFL quarterback he is the unquestioned leader there's the the respect from the players that you you only a handful of guys in this league have at this position, and
1: you know he's probably the leader in that category as well. Now the Jets, and let me be the first to say you just hate to see it. Um, we've got issues galore. Let's start out go with go with Woody Johnson. It's the overriding one, the owner. Paraphrasing, I'm going to make a splash. The quarterback's the missing piece. Boomer, do you believe he'll deliver on it? And the second problem, who? Yeah, well, I don't know who, but I do believe, and I know Woody personally.
3: Um, I haven't talked to him about this issue, but I know that the owners here in New York will spend the money. Every single owner for every single team, maybe with the exception of the Devils, will spend the money up to the point where you can't spend anymore right. to try to get a winner. That's how competitive it is here off the field. So I, I believe Mr. Johnson, when he definitely says that, but I can't sit here and tell you that I
1: know who they're going to pay or whether they're going to trade for somebody. It's the only way. The only way they're going to get a quarterback worth paying this offseason is to trade. Right. So
3: here's the other thing, too. You know, Derek Carr, they could trade for him, Mm -hmm. and they could give him a new contract. If they do that, then they're moving on from Zach Wilson. We all know that. Um, So if he's out there saying – Words like that and leading you to believe that he's going to be spending like that, then that tells you that they are moving on from Zach Wilson this offseason. Is there a happy medium in a way that you could keep Zach Wilson for another year and bring somebody else in and still have more success? That also means
1: that most likely Mike, Mike White is gone. Right, but here's the problem. You're trying to thread a needle, and I don't I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. If you bring in a table setter, a placeholder, whatever phrase you want to use and they're successful, you're still getting rid of Zach. It all ends up in the same place. The choose-your-own-adventure book, the chapter's in the middle. It still ends this way. And by the way, they also fired their offensive
3: coordinator this week. Uh, I think I liken this to when Ben McAdoo left the Cowboys to take the OC job in Carolina last year. And it was you know fanfare. They brought in Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So how did that work? It didn't. It didn't. So they all got blown out. And that same thing could be happening to the Jets as we sit here. But I like to think that the Jets have a little bit better roster than what Carolina had going into the year last year. And you feel like they have a lot of good young players that if they can come back, especially Brees Hall, uh, that whoever the quarterback is is going to be better all for that. They have to fix their offensive line. Uh, You know, they had too many injuries there. But I would say this. They are in a in a spot where whatever decision they make will tell us exactly what we need to know about what they're going to be doing with Zach yeah. Wilson. And,
1: and look, they're at a spot, in my opinion, they have to go all in. You have the roster. You're not going to have it in infinity. You have a coaching staff that I don't want to say they're up against the ropes, but if next year they disappoint, they could be gone too. You got to go all in, and you got to bring in a franchise quarterback.
3: Well, here's the easiest thing to do. If you want a franchise quarterback like Derek Carr, All they have to do is make a trade with the Raiders because they'll have Derek Carr under contract. But you hate that idea. I I don't like it. I don't like it here because I don't think he fits here. Now, if I thought my buddy would get the job in Carolina, Frank Reich, and they could get Derek Carr to come to Carolina, then that kind of makes a little bit more sense to me just because that automatically makes him the best quarterback in that division and with a great head coach. But I don't know if that's going to happen. That would be my dream scenario for Carolina. But for the New York Jets, I don't necessarily know that I like Derek Carr's kind of like, um, I don't know how to say this, but he's just a very straight-laced guy here in New York. That's why I said Baker Mayfield would be a lot of fun here. I don't know if it would be successful, but it would be a lot of fun here. The other guy that you could look at, but you'd have to take into account
1: his injury history, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I, can I just veto that the way you veto Derek Carr? All right, So I want you to give me your solution. Okay, great. Then let's go to him right now because this dude's done with his current team, Lamar Jackson. Now, listen, I wouldn't do it, but if you're asking, here's what. Here's the thing I can say, almost factually, <laughs> almost. This is the, the the only franchise quarterback that might become available because of what I'm about to talk about now. So we'll get back to the Jets in a second. Team not commenting on your injury. You're on the sidelines dressed like a 12-year-old kid with a winter hat and your Oakleys and the rest. You decide to go to social media and go, look at me, look at me. It sounds like if he had a contract he'd play. It sounds like the team believes he could play, but he's not going to play. Which tells me right here, right now, if that's the case, which is my belief, he's done in Baltimore. Which means your New York Jets can swoop in and get their man. For what? I mean, like a quarter of a billion dollars, two first-round picks, and a partridge in a pear tree. And get rid of your wide
3: receivers because they're not going to be happy. So it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like I would say to Lamar, much like I would say to Daniel Jones here in New York, I would say, look – Stay with your current clubs because they know who you are. Yes. They built their offenses around you. And that's where you're going to find your biggest chance for success. If you end up leaving, if you can't leave or you demand a trade, you know, now all of a sudden you don't know what you're stepping into. You don't know what coach you're going to have. And you're not going to have Greg Roman. And, and I think well, Greg that's Roman point, is but that's massive for him. But that is the point. They have created an offense around his skill set. And while he has gotten better throwing the ball, he does not – fit for the Jets with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and all these other guys that want to catch the ball 100 times this year. So Jets are out. Is he out of Baltimore? Do you believe what I believe he's done there? There's a lot of speculation, and all I can tell you is that where there's usually smoke fire, and smoke fire tells what it tells me, and the way that John Harbaugh reacted last week, to this very question about whether or not Lamar Jackson was going to be able to play against
1: right. the Bengals in Week 18 tells me that, you know what, they think he can play. And what he did this week was a double birds. And I don't want to do that for the camera. It's a children's program. That was a double hockey sticks to the franchise. And here's something else that happened
3: this week. They gave a new contract to Roquan Smith. Yes, five at 100. And Roquan Smith is representing himself, much like Lamar Jackson is representing himself. So that also is like a little shot across the bow that oh, we, yeah. can get a, we can get a deal done with somebody who's representing himself who is reasonable where this guy is going to make about $60 million in the first three years of his contract, and at the end of it, if he sees all of it, make $100 million, which seems fair to me, especially with the position he plays. Last
1: question, and, and it's just based on you know you, you played in a different era, you're old school about it, there were different expectations, but if he can play. You have to balance protecting himself because he doesn't have a contract. We all saw what happened to RG three years ago. What, what, where do you lie on this? Is there any amount of you that goes, all right, I kind of get what he's doing based on he might lose a quarter of a billion? <laughs> or do you go, F that, all in, for the team, et cetera, you owe? So I did that uh, playoff game where RG three played with the bad knee against Seattle
3: and Washington. And I sat there and I gushed over the leadership qualities, the toughness, what it meant to him, and all the aspects of respect in the locker room for being out there under those conditions. I could say the same thing about Phillip Rivers when he played for the Chargers and they went to New England. Now, LaDainian Tomlinson, yeah, he had an ACL. LaDainian Tomlinson had the same thing, couldn't play, but he's a running back. It's a completely different set of circumstances. This is like a quarterback running back combined with a knee injury. And his game is running the football. So the last thing he wants to do is go out on the field and risk further injury to his leg. So I respect that part of it, especially because now the money yeah. that is on the other side of it. So I get it what he's doing, if in fact that is what he's doing. But I also understand that if you are the coach and you think he can play and he's not playing, now there's I don't see how you could bring him back to your team. The, okay. under, those, under those conditions, if, in fact, that is the accurate aspect
1: of the condition. He's gone. All right, so <laughs> I want to ask you about <laughs> – that was me saying that. I want to ask you about Sean Payton real quick. Just based on this, is any coach in football – like Sean Payton, the discussion about the Saints wanting a first-round pick to get him. Boomer, is any coach in your mind worth that type of compensation? Yes, and for a number of reasons.
3: Oh, we've seen this before with Bill Parcells coming to the Jets – and and then, you know, what's his name? Gruden. Bill Belichick going back, and then Gruden going to the Bucks. So we've seen this in, in, in the history of the NFL. Here's why it's so important for the coach. Number one, the owner who presents that coach to his fan base immediately sells all sorts of stuff around that coach, yeah. whether it be season tickets, sponsorship packages. The business side of the building is like standing up and cheering because sure. their job just got uh, significantly easier. So that's a big part of it. That's the respect part. And the, uh, the reputation part that is being sold to the fan base. The other part is if he does go to Denver and he has Russell Wilson, um, I would think that his cachet, his credibility, he'd walk in the room and Russell Wilson would sit up straight and tall and say, I
1: know that you're the unquestioned leader of this. Please don't take that job. Please don't take that job. You know, Russell Wilson played pretty good the last two weeks. I know. I just, if you're Sean Payton, you have your pick of the litter. You could wait another year. I would not want to attach myself to Russell Wilson based on two weeks of game tape and 14 weeks of yikes. Here's the other thing, too. So if Sean McVay
3: ends up stepping down from the L.A. Rams, you know, uh, Kroenke will go all in to go get Sean Payton because, you know, he's got to rebuild the team. Yeah. He can't sell the players anymore, so he's got to sell the coach. No and, picks. And Cronkie, to me kind of gets the big landscape of professional sports, that it is entertainment. Sure. And you need
1: headliners. Boomer, he executed the greatest real estate play in league history with SoFi. He bought, he saw what all that could be and bought all the swats of land around LAX. He executed that. That's the ultimate understanding the big picture. And you could say what you
3: want. He still would have Matthew Stafford there for at least two more years, depending on his health. Yeah. But I would say that that could be a very attractive job. It's L.A. It's kind of a, you know, whatever. It's fly-by-night, fan base, whatever. So there's really not that much pressure in that regard. It's a great place to live. And you have an owner that's going to give you every opportunity to rebuild this football
1: team. All right, so with that, maybe the job Peyton ultimately wants but can't have yet. But two coaches, I want to know if either or both, are coaching for their job this weekend. Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys, Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. I think
3: that uh, I would say more Mike McDaniel only because the Tom Brady and the Sean Payton, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, rumors were around this team last year. And because you have an owner who also, like Stan Kroenke, Stephen Ross, gets the big picture of entertainment and headliners and trying to win a Super Bowl and exciting a fan base and – you know, igniting the sponsorship and all that other stuff. So you have a very, very competitive owner that could do that. I just don't know about their draft capital and whether or not they have enough yeah. uh, to get uh, those two guys and Sean Payton, you know, from um, from the Saints. So that's still a very,
1: very real thing, Payton and Brady together to the Dolphins. What about Payton where he was for a time with Dallas? That's a good situation, no? It's a great situation I because I, I like Dak Prescott. I know a lot of people out there, especially over the last
3: four to five weeks, are probably wondering what kind of Dak Prescott are we going to get Monday night against the Buccaneers. But, you know, he's your long-term quarterback there. He's an answer for you. And sometimes a different voice in the ear will bring, you know, you know a player to a, a different degree or a higher level of playing. But I don't necessarily know that Jerry Jones even wants to go down that road. I really don't. Okay. Unless, unless – they get destroyed by Tom Brady and the Bucs on Monday night. Now, if that happens, oh, and boy. they look like they did against the Commanders, then all bets are off.
1: You know something, don't you? i just like no, you. No no, just... no, no, no. Scones, he's doing what he did with the Wentz thing. I feel a vibe there. That's All, all right, listen. We'll leave it alone. Just mar- no, Scones, notate that. Notate that Noted for when, when, when McCarthy's out in about ten minutes. All Uh, all depends
3: on what happens and how that team
1: looks, man. All right, we have so much to do. We are going to go through each and every game. We got picks. I had a massive comeback week in the picks. Best of the best, league issues, QB power rankings. It is your complete guide to football. Don't make a move. All that and more coming up next on Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now, back to Kickoff with Boomer, Esiason, and Mike Valenti. Okay, as promised. We can uh, start talking playoffs now. So a quick recap before we get to the picks. Uh, a 10-5 and 5 masterclass by me in the finale. I am 135 and 110. Boomer, treaded water, no big deal. 126-119, both quality. We survived. Now we get to the tough stuff. We get to the playoffs. Let's get to the picks stuff. of the week. All right, boom, So we're going to go in order. We're going to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend, 4:15 on Saturday afternoon. The Niners lay in nine and a half to the Seahawks. So, we're going to start out. What's the biggest question mark for the Niners in the matchup? Well,
3: for me, it would be the rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, especially if this game is going to be in a driving rainstorm, which is what the forecast is. So, think about the 49ers playing the Chicago Bears in week one this past season. And just think about that quagmire. That was and they, a real work of art. That's exactly right. And the Bears won that game. So that that is like the the one thing that I don't know about. Nobody knows about Brock Purdy. He'll right. be nervous, of course, and he should be. He's been brilliant in his five starts. He's been undefeated. He is a high, uh, high completion percentage. And somebody asked me on my radio program this week in New York, who does it remind you of when you watch him throw the ball? And I just threw it out there. He reminds me of the way he throws the way that Joe Montana threw. A very catchable ball, a very uh, accurate ball, and has a really nice touch on it. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of guys are making catches for him. And he's fallen in love with my man, George Kittle. George Kittle, nine catches, 85 yep. yards, two touchdowns, 49ers win.
1: Yes. Oh, Seattle's biggest question, and it kind of plays into what you were talking about, I just think it's how do they hold up the line of scrimmage? They are completely outclassed both fronts. They are.
3: And, you know, the pass rush can be slowed down by the weather conditions and the field condition. Uh, I will say this, that Geno Smith has had a renaissance year. If I were the Seattle Seahawks, I'd give him a three-year, $90 million extension and let him be the quarterback for the next three years and maybe draft somebody in this draft, if not next year's draft. So uh, they've kind of found lightning in a bottle. they got two big stud wide receivers. It's going to be uh, a very difficult sled for them, a sledding for them. They do not score a lot of points against the 49ers. These games have been tight, though, in – to the point where in the third quarter, you know, it could have gone either way and then all of a sudden the 49ers start pulling away because of their defense. So, I do believe that this game is going to be tight in the fourth quarter. The weather's going to have an issue and I'm going to I'm going to take the Seahawks and the points.
1: Okay. Um Look, I think if it's going to be this level of weather, if you like the under in this game, which is 42 and a half, I think you got to like Seattle and look, I'm with you. This this could be just the Niners' business trip. Grind it down, keep it safe. We don't want to expose Purdy. I'll take the nine and a half as well. Um, the just second the other thing, you know, the Seahawks force a lot of fumbles. One of the one of the
3: leaders in forced fumbles this year was yeah. the Seahawks defense. Yeah, it reminds
1: you of the old Bears with Peanut Tillman. They're constantly just punching at the ball, exactly, ripping at the ball. Exactly. So that's
3: that's one thing that you worry about
1: in a situation like this. All right, the Saturday night game happens to be my personal favorite. You get the Chargers laying two and a half at Jacksonville. It's Herbert, it's Lawrence. The Jags' biggest question is? The Jags' biggest question for me is can
3: they keep the Chargers from making the big plays that they consistently make on offense? Um, I don't necessarily know that there's a player in this league, and this is including Patrick Mahomes, that physically throws the ball as well as Justin Herbert does. He spins it better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's ever. the, yes, the way he throws the ball is just, it's effortless. And I mean, it comes out like it's it's a, its a howitzer. And, you know, he's a generational talent who's just finding his way in the NFL. And this is his first foray. He's got to go up against another great quarterback who's finding his way as well. But I think this is going to be the highest-scoring game of the weekend combined both teams. And
1: I do like the Chargers here, Ooh. and I do like Justin Herbert here. See, for me, from the question standpoint, like the Chargers don't <clears throat> stop the run. You saw what happened to Jacksonville when the running game got taken away last week by Tennessee. It looks a lot different. If the Chargers can't stop the run, and here's the other part. I know William Mike Williams will play, but he is questionable. I know the back spasms carted off. Didn't practice this week. I just, to me, tr- I think enough of Trevor Lawrence Boomer and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I feel like he can go toe-to-toe with Herbert. And if the Jags can run the ball, it unlocks a whole different deal to their offense.
3: Well, I, that, well that's been their strength. I mean, there's no question about yeah. that. That's one of the reasons why I think Trevor Lawrence has become
1: so good. I'm He's walking also into running it. with the ball, too. I'm going to walk into it. That's I, fine. I, I, I mean, got to take the Jags here. Do you agree with me? Highest scoring game of the weekend? <sighs> combined scores yeah probably especially if Williams plays Williams has really helped that offense I'm with you though I think it's going to be fun I think it's two these are two quarterbacks that outside of Mahomes Allen Burrow I think they could be parked right in that four or five spot for the next decade they're just they're that good and remember in the NFC there's only one
3: first round draft pick quarterback that is playing in the NFC playoffs Daniel Jones Daniel Jones on the AFC side, the oldest quarterback is Patrick Mahomes at the age of 27, wow. and you have five wow. first-round picks. When wow. you think about the top five quarterbacks in the AFC that are playing in this draft,
1: the top five could that, be the top five in the league. That's to exactly. be quite honest. Well, they you. are. Okay. I think
3: they. I think they are. There. You can. You can rank them any way you want, and I know we will later on in the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty special
1: when you talk about the quarterback. Position on the AFC side of the ledger. All right, let's go Bills-Dolphins now. The latest is Bridgewater's going to prepare to play, but they're preparing to start Skyler Thompson. Uh, Bills laying 13 and a half. What is the Bills' biggest question mark into the game? For me, it's whether or not
3: Josh Allen throws the red zone interceptions. it has got to stop. Right, so he's had some of these mind-numbing decisions. Uh, I think sometimes he gets bored. Um, this game is a game that they should come out and just absolutely drill the Dolphins. It shouldn't even be close. Skylar Thompson against the Jets last week was just absolutely awful. It's not his fault. He's just in way over his head. Right. Now he does have Tyree Kill and they do have Jalen Waddell and they do have enough enough on offense, you know, to make some plays here or there, but consistently
1: go out there and convert third down. I just don't see it. Can they copy what they did just a couple weeks ago when they went to Buffalo? I know they had Tua, but they ran the football. They pounded the rock, and the Bills couldn't stop
3: it. That's exactly the only way I think they can win. I think they have to win on special teams with a score, a block, something of that nature. They would have to probably score a defensive touchdown in this game, and they would have to run for 250 yards and possess the ball for
1: about 38 minutes. Right.
3: Now, from a – that's that's right. I could write that down on paper and say this is what we're going to try to do.
1: Sure. Now look, the Bills win if they don't play like zombies and the Dolphins win if like the Virgin Mary descends from the sky to play quarterback. But <laughs> what do you want to do with 13 and a half points? You know, I want
3: I want to lay the 13 and a half points and I want to take the Bills. I see this as like a 34-13 type game. There could be I I don't even see a backdoor cover here by the Dolphins on offense, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or if it's Skylar Thompson. I just don't see that happening in this mm. game. And by the way, There could be a special guest that will be at this game and his name is DeMar Hamlin. He knows people. So if he shows up to this game, I can't even imagine what that is going to be like for his teammates and for the fans. Now last week, I think you saw the emotion in the first half and it kind of dwindled a little bit, but if this young man shows up for his teammates and the fans see him there, I think it's going to be an amazing
1: moment. This violates my personal constitution laying 13 points, but I, I'm with you in that I cannot carve out a scenario for the Dolphins. And when an underdog does not have a pathway, I, I yes, you're going to have to sweat if you play it, and it's 31-14 late. Yeah, you're going to have to sweat. I can't change it. But... 28 degrees to 32 degrees and sunny. All right, you win. Bills, uh, let's go. Sunday, 4:15. The sauce is on the stove. The meatballs are made. Vikings lay in three, hosting the G-Men.
3: Yeah, we talked a lot about this this week in New York. You know, my, my partner is a Vikings fan, and for basically four days and three and a half hours, he was just lamenting the fact that they were playing the Giants. It's a 6-3 matchup. The 6 usually beats the 3 in this matchup. It's kind of like the 5-12 matchup yes. in in the March Madness. So. Uh, He was just laying it on thick, and then all week long, I just had to hear about it, how the Giants were going to go in there and beat them, and they're going to run the ball, the defense is going to get the turnovers and everything else, and I'm just sitting here laughing the whole time, and I'm thinking, you know what, the Vikings are really tough to beat at home. Well, you you know what Gio was doing? That was performative. Oh yeah, yeah, performance reaction or acting, whatever. I got you. There's a lot of that going around here I in New York lately, especially right. in the radio business. Take but it I, easy. I I would say that I do like the Vikings. I really yeah. do. And I think that they have the better athletes. They have a quarterback who's had another great year. He's a little bit different and on the road than he is at home. Um and I just think that they have enough offense to be able to cover the number and beat the Giants
1: 27-23.
3: and that and that 23 points is an ode to Brian Dable and his coaching staff. Yeah, it is.
1: Here, okay, here's let, let's unwind the yarn ball, because I know what people are going to say. But, Mike, you said the Giants would beat the Vikings three weeks ago if they played. I did. I think it's easy to say it when it's this distant thing and if they get in, and you're on the heels of what the Giants did Christmas Eve. I happen to agree with Boomer on this, is that we've all gotten comfortable with this idea of the Giants just waltzing to Minnesota and beating this team. And now that it's here and you look at it and you go, you know what? I actually don't think this is going to happen because the giant, this is what happens to Cinderella. I'm not comping it to the national title game of college football, but when you've skated and you've, you've overachieved all year and you've gotten to a place, generally the clock hits midnight and your Uber's arrived and you get stuffed into a body bag and it's over. I'm terrified that the giants are this public darling this week. And reality's you know, rents do. So I'm kind of with you on this, and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, the food's going to be good Sunday, but, like, I'm kind of worried. So, yes, I I think I'm going to take the Vikings and lay the three. All right, so let me ask you this. Who do you uh, give the advantage to when it comes to coaching
3: in this game? you got to give it to the Giants. I mean, you got to yeah. give it to uh, –
1: Based on Martindale alone. Oh,
3: well, Mike Kafka and Brian Dave, look what they've done with Daniel Jones. So, Daniel Jones went from having, I think, like 24 or 23 turnovers his rookie year to this year only three fumbles yeah. and five interceptions. Oh, it's, it's that, been – That's an incredible year from that standpoint. Now, he hasn't generated a lot of points and a lot of touchdown passes – but he runs with the ball, and he's added to the fourth overall rushing offense yeah. in
1: football. And, and honestly, I just really want to thank Kenny Galladay for his participation, or not. So here's my one thing. The Giants, as good as they've been defensively, tightening up in the red zone. You can run it on them. You know Minnesota can lean on that. And look, Dexter Lawrence got some rest. Leonard Williams got some rest. They're getting – stop me if you've heard this before. Yes. They're getting a Dory Jackson back this week. You know what? You know what scared me? Xavier McKinney opening his mouth. Yeah. I, that, why? (laughs) Why is right. Do not poke the bear. Stop. Uh, But I'm going to take the Vikes, lay the three, and hope I'm wrong. Maybe I'm emotionally hedging. Let's get to the last game here. Bengals laying eight and a half to the Ravens. Here's your quarterback update. Lamar ain't playing. Uh, Huntley hadn't thrown yet this week. You're looking at the Anthony Brown experience, possibly. Uh, These two teams played last week. Boomer, what it, the biggest question to me for the Bengals, O-line health and red zone. I didn't like the way they played last week yeah. offensively. Yeah, they were a little flat
3: offensively last week. And, you know, everybody thought that was going to be a blowout. But these two teams know each other. Harbaugh's a great coach. He's got everybody, you know, on edge in that building. And, you know, they just gave Roquan Smith that new big contract. I personally think that, you know, without Lamar, I could, you know, Harbaugh is going to be up there. It's us against everybody. Nobody thinks we can win. I right. can just see it oh, from yeah. a, psych- a psychological standpoint. And they're a rough team to play against. They're a pain in the ass to play against. And that right side of that offensive line, I think, J is actually better than Collins, believe it or not. And it really? looked like, yes, I'm telling you, he's a natural tackle. Last year they had him playing guard. And I, you know, quite frankly, at the beginning of the Buffalo game, that Monday night game that got canceled, I thought their offensive line was playing great. Now they lose Max Capa, Alex Kappa, excuse me. That's a big loss for them. Yeah. There's no question about it. But Joe Burrow's just too good, man. They cannot stop the Bengals. I think the Ravens stay within the number, but the oh. Bengals will win the game. I
1: just, the problem for me is the Ravens went out last week and had to do this with Anthony Brown. Now they got to come back just, and do just it. so you know, they sat, sat six starters in that game against the Bengals. That
3: John Harbaugh was not... Trying to win, like, like he wanted to win the game, of course. But he knew that if he had to sit his starters and bring them back the next week, it would be a different set of circumstances. He was playing for this week, yeah. by the way.
1: Well, and here's the other thing: it is the third time they're going to face each other. It's real hard to cover a number a third time. And the Bengals, all they do is cover. Good teams win. Great teams cover. You're talking me into the I, can't. I don't want you to talk. I don't want you to be. I'm talking going with now. the Bengals. All I'm good. going with the Bengals because I'm rooting for them to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. I all admit right. it. People don't trust what I'm saying. You just, just leave this one alone. <laughs> this is pesticide. Yes. Leave it alone. But I'm taking the Bengals. I, I hope they bomb the Ravens. I hate them. All right. Best of the best is coming up. We got QB power rankings coming up. You don't got to go anywhere. This is a buffet of football. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now back to kickoff with Boomer, Asias, and Mike Valenti. All right. So last segment, uh, we got a game to talk about. We've got... Power rankings of the quarterbacks, which I'm going to deliver mine. Boomer gets to make fun of them. uh, And then the final word. But without any delay, let's get to the best of the best.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: Minimum of four lines for
1: $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This week's best of the best of the best of the best week's of best, best, best of the best. All right, this is this is a good time. Boy, do the networks know what they're doing. You get Monday night, you get Tom Brady. You get, I'm going to vomit when I say this, America's team. These are brand names, people. This is Cowboys laying two and a half in Tampa to the Bucs. Boomer, let's break it down. Biggest question mark. All right. Well, first thing, I think this is on ESPN Monday Night
3: Football because of what happened between the Bills and the uh, Bengals and that game getting canceled. This Uh. was the big money game, and this is a way to say to ESPN, hey, You know, listen, this is what happened last time. You're going to get this game, and good for them. I mean, you know, it's a great game. It's a great way to end the weekend. Cowboys uh, win as long as Dak Prescott is not throwing interceptions. (laughs) I mean, you know, the interception game and the turnover game for the Cowboys offense has been the thing that has killed them when they lose. When they don't lose, uh, you know, he may throw one interception, then overcomes that, and then all of a sudden they explode. Uh, Last week, they looked disinterested on the road to Washington. I think they felt like they were going to end up in this game anyway, no matter what they did. And it really showed itself, which really disappointed me from a Mike McCarthy standpoint. You know, I'm figuring you're playing a rookie quarterback. Go in there, finish the season on a high, and don't let Sam Howell beat you. And then they went out there, and they looked awful. So I think this is one of those bounce-back weeks where they come back and they're not going to be embarrassed this week.
1: Believe you me, their antennas are going to be up. They're going to. They're See, going to with you. They're going to play tough. You know what I love too. The public, despite it being Dallas, the public's all over Tampa Bay, and I never want to be on that. Side. And, and
3: one of the reasons for that is because of the success that Tom Brady has had 7-0 historically.
1: No, or six zero. I think it, I want to say it's eight. I want to say it's eight zero. It's a lot and zero. Oh. Yes. Uh, here's the other thing. I am, and I understand Tampa's offenses look better, but let's look at who. They've played this offensive line against that Dallas defense. It was a problem in week one. I understand that was months ago. They're different teams. But bottom line, you don't get to negotiate around pass protection and pass rush. You just don't. You either can or cannot. They can't. Tampa can't do it. So I look at it. I'm with you on this. I was afraid. I wanted to see where you were. I love Dallas in this game. I do too. And I, and I love Dallas because they can do a number
3: of things that Tampa Bay has a hard time with. One is running the football themselves. Yeah. Two is basically pass rushing. And the one great thing about Tom Brady that he does better than any other quarterback in football, nobody gets rid of the ball quicker than he does. Has to. He doesn't like getting hit. And if you ask Michael Strahan and the fellows who played him in the Super Bowl, what's the one thing that you have to do to Tom Brady You have got to hit him. You've got to get him on the ground. And make him move off his spot. Right. So this is is the aspect that I think that the Dallas Cowboys bring to this game. And believe you me, Micah Parsons and these guys are not going to be disinterested in this game. This is the real deal. This is the national Monday night game. And, you know, they're going to respond to the way that they looked last week. And I believe how long of a week this has been for them.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I like Dallas here. And I just don't want to look at Brady anymore. All right, let's get to the QB power rank. This is fun. It's a way to just start the playoffs. And here is how I did this. It is based on where I put them as we enter the playoffs. That's it. It's not preconceived notions. It's not what I think they'll do in the playoff. It is right here, right now. We'll go worst to first. Okay. Sure. Fourteenth. Whatever third string quarterback the Dolphins put up. Yeah, no, no uh no argument. Okay. 13th this is going to be real quick whatever third string quarterback the Ravens put out there no argument okay so now we'll get to the real stuff at 12 I like him it's not a shot at him I think he's gutty I think he's a smart kid and I think some weird way they play for this guy but I still have to put Brock Purdy at 12.
3: I agree I mean he's only played five games and now we're getting into the money spot and uh, let's see how he plays and again the weather is going to be bad on Saturday. So I, I I don't disagree with this. I will say that it's been a shock as, at, as to how well he has played. a credit goes to first Kyle Shanahan yeah. and then to John Lynch. Because John Lynch put this team together. Yep, Kyle Shanahan's coaching this team.
1: And uh, they have this thing going on out there that is pretty special. And it's also why you don't get too cute with draft picks or get irreverent. You, know, you see teams try to reinvent the wheel. I know it was the seventh round. He was Mr. Irrelevant. But they took a mature four-year starter in college, brought him in. Let's see what he can do. I was going to say the other thing, too. When the draft does come around and you
3: start seeing teams drafting kids that play quarterback in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, it's because
1: they're hoping for something like this to happen. I want Stetson Bennett, by the way. but Because he's a winner. He can be my backup. And he loves football. And he's a hustler. He is athletic. Sorry, I know we're not doing an NFL draft show right right now. All right, number 11, wonderful story. Touching. Uh-oh. But the second half of the season, he kind of turned into a pumpkin. Uh, nice player, but I'm putting him here because I'm a little scared. It's Geno Smith. It is Geno Smith. No question about it. It's still Geno Smith. And
3: even though he's had a renaissance year, he's played great, I can't argue with this.
1: Okay, number 10. So far, so good. Okay, all right. all right. Now we're about to hit the landmine here. Okay. Number 10. Ball security is job security. I cannot accept Leading the league in interceptions when you miss five games. I cannot accept pick sixes, which in my world are worth two picks. I have Dak Prescott at number 10. I I, I feel you. Um, I think I'm going to disagree with this.
3: Um, I'm not going to have him this low on this list. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I respect the man who he is and the way that he's led this team since he's got there. Where he came from, where he was drafted, uh, the pressure that is on his shoulders every time he steps on the field, and after every single game, that guy stands in front of the camera, yeah. win or lose, he never changes. So to have him at tenth, to me, I think is definitely uh, disrespectful. It's the,
1: it's the turnovers. I, I
3: just can't do it. I know. He's a lovely man, but I just. Can't. But there's more to it than that, and I understand you're looking right. at that. I want to know, know where also you led slot his him. Team. He, listen, I, where where would I s- slot him? Let's. He's not 10 on my list. I'll tell you where I would put him Perfect. after we get to the next few guys.
1: So at number nine, it's the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. That while the player I just listed is absolutely better, I'm I'm lacking in trust. At number nine is a man that was left for dead. It is someone who I never imagined I'd have here. And all he does is complete 70% of his passes and never turn it over. Knock on wood. Don't do it to me this weekend. It is. Daniel Arthur Jones. Yeah, I wouldn't have Daniel Jones
3: in front of Dak Prescott, and I appreciate what Daniel Jones has turned himself into under Brian Dabo and Mike Kafka. Nobody uh, appreciates it more than I do. But you know, he he's he's a runner, so he's kind of a combination player. Uh, the passing aspect of it has to get better. But then again, he doesn't have the superstars no around. No one to throw him. to. So I would say, from a leader standpoint, he owns the locker room. He's a he's a really good, solid. Um, inspiring player, but I, I still would not have him front. Okay, front so Dak Prescott.
1: you'd have Jones at ten. You'd have Dak at at least nine. Right now, yes, Dak okay. is
3: moving up the uh, moving okay. up, and some of your guys are moving down.
1: Here's the one I'm least comfortable with. Okay, at number eight, the goat, the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. But I, yikes, I can't. I don't. I don't like him anymore. Tom Brady. Yeah,
3: I think he's missing Bruce Arians. Um, I think that there needs to be an adult on that sideline uh, because he's running that fault. team. But he's running that team, I feel like, you know, and this is his biggest problem. Um, I would take him in any playoff game for any team in this in this, uh, in this this playoff uh, run here with the exception of, of two guys, and that would be Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's also low on the list. Okay. Um. So I'm not happy with would that.
1: You, or would you have Dak below Brady? Yes, I would. You would. Okay. So then, seven. Kirk Cousins. You'd have Brady ahead of Cousins. I would. Yes. 100%. right. Hundred percent. Ish. Would you have Dak ahead of Cousins? I would not. Okay. So then, Dak would slot in at eight. Yes. Cousins at seven. Right. At six. This is this is caveat. Where's Brady?
3: Where's Brady? Is he at six
1: now or where's? Oh, that? that's your world. I got okay. Brady at eight. Okay. At six. Here's the caveat. Yeah. Based on what I saw last week, and based on what I think we're going to see. It is the limited, hesitant to run version of Jalen Hurts at six. Yeah, I, I would uh,
3: because of the guy that we saw prior to getting hurt. I have to take that into account. He's not better than the top five guys that I would have on my list, uh, and he would he 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 could be at six. And I, if I had to take him over Brady in a playoff game right now, there's no way I'm taking Brady. Okay, so, so move Brady. Up and move, Jalen back.
1: All right, I'm gonna duck for cover based on something you said earlier. But I put, oh God, I put Herbert at five. You're I nuts. love, Tre- I love Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, listen, Trevor Lawrence has played like half a season. I know, but it's been all exquisite. Right?
3: And Herbert's got to deal with Brandon <laughs> Schw- Staley, and he's got to deal with all these injuries and a and a fly by night fan base and everything else. Justin Herbert is a spectacular, spectacular athlete and just an absolutely tremendous. Just a tremendous passer. Would you, mean, you take God. Herbert over
1: Brady? Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Right now, I would. Good. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure. I yes. put T Law for based on, and maybe I'm adding too much to it. I love T Law. The- oh yeah, that's, his that's new name what we're name. calling him. Well, T-law. I, you call him whatever. I he his was. name was Sunshine. Listen, when you got lettuce like that. Yeah. You can call yourself whatever you like. I had lettuce like yeah. that.
3: <laughs> so I know what lettuce like that is like. Listen. But here's the deal, Mr. 6'6. Six, six, 230.
1: Oh, well, how, how, big, how big is Justin Herbert? Yeah, I know, but I like the, Lawrence is more impressive. I just, listen to me. <laughs> Work with me. No, no no, Lawrence no, no. No, 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 no. Herbert's got a better team around him. This guy's throwing to Zay Jones. No, listen. They, they
3: brought in, I think, 16 free agents. I know. No oh. owner has spent more money they on shed. free agency in the history of the NFL, in one year, than Shad Khan. They're still paying Malik so Jackson. But I'm just telling you, they went out and did all the right things this offseason to get the best out of uh, T-Law.
1: Yes. I'm not putting T-Law in front of J. Herbert. All right, so fine. Law Law can be J. five. Herb. J. Herb? Whatever you want. Okay. They're both awesome. You can't be yeah. offended That's at this point. That's why Saturday night's going to be a great game. It's my favorite game. All right, so the top three, everyone knows the names. Four. Here's the order Four. I put them. Well, I put, I put Lawrence at four. Oh, I got I got Herbert at four. Right, and then 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 I would have Herbert at five. So three, two, one. At number, I'll do all three, and then you can shake them up and do what you want. At three, I have Allen. At two, I have Burrow, and at one, you don't get a choice. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with all of those. Absolutely. And uh, Allen, you know- it's the red zone turnovers. People don't
3: get upset. I love them, but it's got to stop. So I thought on the NFL today, I, I compared these today quarterbacks. The quarterbacks. Of yesteryear. And one of those yesteryear quarterbacks actually is still playing. That's Tom Brady. Okay. So, to me, Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. All right. Okay. Who's Allen? That's Alan? the way he plays. Uh, Josh Allen is John Elway. That's the way he plays. Huh. Okay. Justin Herbert is Dan Marino. That's the way he plays. And then Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. There's so nobody like him. And there's the, never been anybody like him. He's the one of one. That's right. Exactly. See, who is Allen again? John Elway. Yeah. John Elway was a great runner yeah, with the he ball. He ran man. a
1: lot. He sacrificed his body. Well, yeah,
3: he listen, he was a competitive Gunslinger. SOB. slinger, Just like Josh Allen. That's why I was hoping when Josh Allen came out, it was either Denver, Cleveland, or Buffalo. He would end up in one of those cities because
1: he's, like, weatherproof. All right. That's the, that's the power rank. We survived it. And with that, it's Boomer's final word. What you say after this don't, don't matter. This is the final
2: word.
3: All righty, man, I'll tell you what, Super Wild Court Weekend, what a great idea by the NFL. We talked about this at the top of the show. It's a great way to market your best young players to get more fan bases involved, to get the TV networks involved, and we go from Saturday afternoon to Monday night. This is what it's all about. Last year, the playoffs proved to be amazing football. I don't know it will be so amazing this week just because of the condition of the quarterbacks in, in Miami and, and, and Baltimore, but I do think that we are off to a rousing start,
1: especially on the AFC side with those top five quarterbacks. Yeah, and look, you wait all year for it, it's here. Enjoy it. They've set it up for television. They've set it up to spread this deal out. And if you're like me and your team, you never expected them to be here, whatever happens, happens. I think it is house money. Guys, we'll be back next week. We'll break it all down. We'll do it all again. And we'll get to week 20. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Kickoff Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.